Welcome to the St. Barnabas Anglican Church Podcast. We share sermons, teachings, and messages from St. Barnabas Anglican Church in Fort Worth, Texas. I'm Father Andrew, the senior pastor at the church, and I'm glad you're listening today. You're always invited to worship in person on Sunday mornings at 8 and 10 a.m. and on Wednesday nights at 6.30 p.m. You can also visit us online at stbarnabas.us. That's S-T-B-A-R-N-A-B-A-S dot U-S. And now, enjoy the podcast. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I learned this week that Shepherds in Britain often take their sheep and rams one by one and throw them into a dipping trough filled with antiseptic fluid. The shepherds must completely submerge each animal, covering its eyes, its ears, its mouth, and its nose completely under the surface. It's obviously a very terribly frightening experience for the sheep, as those of you at home can see in that picture before you, in the eyes of that sheep that have kind of the stunned look as to what is going on. And if any of the sheep try to climb out of that trough too soon, the sheepdogs bark and nip at them to get them back in, or the shepherd takes his crook and will push them back into the trough until the process is complete. You see, because as terrifying as the experience may be for the sheep, without such periodic treatments, they become victims to parasites and disease. And so it's done out of their own good and out of the shepherd's desire for their well-being and their concern for his flock. So reading up about this this week, I thought how fitting of an image, as it seems as though we ourselves perhaps bathe in antiseptic fluids almost daily now, we might be able to relate to those poor animals in these times. We may wonder, as they do, a little starstruck and uh, awestruck as to what is going on and when it will all be over. In fact, uh, in the image that you can see before you, uh, it soon becomes Uh, a shot out of a gun when they can finally get out and they come racing out of that trough. And uh, we look forward to that day uh, whereby we can race out our front doors once more. But even in a time like this where things are slowly opening up and church will resume in some form or fashion in the weeks to come, we know that the journey is not yet complete. And so as we navigate through this and we question our own mind um, what God may be doing, um, I wouldn't pause it to have some grand solution for you other than to say that things like this virus remind us of the effects of sin in our world and the brokenness and the disorder that it has brought. But perhaps God may use this as an antiseptic perhaps for our own souls if we might ponder that for a moment. Perhaps during times like these, um, we're stripped away of the diseases of sin and death and the things, the parasites, if we will, that can cling to our own hearts, whether it's materialism or pride, ego, gluttony, lust, whatever it may be, so that we don't allow those things to further feed on our souls as we get our hearts in order. And perhaps by God's grace, come out better equipped 
to lead life as God purposed and intended us to find in relationship with him when we, indu- when we indeed do uh, emerge on the other side of this in its totality. But learning such lessons only come when we submit to Jesus' will for our lives. I found a rather convicting quote by the late Dallas Willard towards this end that has certainly been rolling over in my mind. He said, the Lord is my shepherd is written on many more tombstones than it is lives. What a fitting thought for us to ponder. Perhaps this season is one whereby we take inventory, make changes so that our lives are not marked by the Lord is my shepherd only at the end of our days, but today and every day as we look at ways whereby we can submit to the will and the perfect um, will of our good shepherd, Jesus Christ, our Lord. So this morning, I'd invite you to open up with me in your Bible uh, to John chapter 10 to see how we may allow our lives to be marked with those words, the Lord is indeed my shepherd, and three practical ways that we might grow to live that out daily. Let's look at this parable that Jesus uses in these first five verses and glean what Jesus has for us within them. In verses 1 to 3, we notice immediately that the sheep know the shepherd. Thieves may come in. Others may vie for the sheep's attention. They may even call out after the sheep. But the sheep only heed the voice of the shepherd. Now, why is that? Let's scrutinize the obvious here for just a moment. The sheep spend considerable time with the shepherd. Not just considerable amounts of time, but they're always with the shepherd. They know him and he knows them. Each waking moment, the shepherd is there. Every time they nestle in for the night, the shepherd is there. He leads them out to pastures. They know his mannerisms. They even know his voice in times of calm and in times of concern. They even can detect his whistle above that of other shepherds and flocks that may intertwine or be in the same region of them. The sheep so linger in the midst of the shepherd that they've come to trust him. They've come to know who he is and they've come to heed his promptings. Therein, my friends, I believe is the first practical point for us to consider as to how we allow the Lord to be our shepherd each and every day in our lives. We, too, are called to linger in the presence of the Good Shepherd. We're called to linger in the presence of the Good Shepherd. But let me note that I think for us in the West that presents a little bit of a challenge we have to get over. You see, in Jesus' day, when he uses this image of the good shepherd, not only are they thinking of physical shepherds and sheep, but they also know that the kings of Israel were considered shepherds to God's people. The kings were out among God's people. They were accessible. They were um, a part of the life of the community and the broader kingdom, if you will. But in our day, when we look at leaders, whether they're leaders of corporations, leaders of our government, leaders even in schools, we know that um, we often have segmented times with those leaders. We just don't have in our mind that we can always come to a leader easily whenever we want. 
um, we can't just burst into um, you know the president's office or uh, even uh, a principal's office un, uh, unchecked or unscheduled unless there's indeed a crisis at hand. And so sometimes we have to get over that in our own way of approaching Jesus because what he's sending in this signal in these first few verses is that he's always accessible. He's always there for us. He's never too busy. He always has time for you and for me. You're, going, you're never going to impose upon him. You're never going to ask of him something that is so mundane that you get a heavenly eye roll, uh, nor are you going to ask anything so great that he can't handle it. In fact, the good shepherd delights to have you linger in his presence. And as we do so, it's in that lingering that we're transformed. We discover God's heart, the things that he's passionate about, namely drawing nearer to us and drawing those nearer to him that, that don't know him, among many other things that scripture commends to our attention. But as we linger, we also find his peace. We discern wisdom, what we glean as we spend time in his midst for decisions that face us. And we find his purpose to be lived out in our lives. So as we think about what it looks like to linger more in the midst of the Good Shepherd, let me ask you to linger a bit for a moment in thinking about the things in your life that you linger or tarry in the midst of most. Is it a, a TV series or a project that you want to undertake or the growing list of projects at your house? Are they hobbies? Uh, is it school? Do we linger in the presence of the future and what we think might happen next or what we're hoping is on the horizon? Do we linger perhaps in the presence of fear or anxiety? What is it that you and I linger in the midst of most? And could we, by God's grace and in cooperation as believers with the Holy Spirit, linger a bit more in Jesus' presence? What changes might we need to make in our schedules or just in our frame of mind to do so? If you look back at verse 3, we discover what happens when we linger, when we tarry in the midst of the Good Shepherd. As the sheep linger in the presence of the shepherd, we read that the shepherd um, calls them by name and they know his voice. And the sheep quite literally listen to the shepherd. And they do so because they trust the shepherd. They know the shepherd's track record. He's protected them from thieves, from wolves. He lays down every night, laying down not only his body, but his very life at the gate of the sheepfold for the sheep. He's their provider. He has a proven record with them time and time again, taking care of them, nurturing them, bringing them out to green pastures. And so they rightly listen to his voice and respond. Therein is a practical second reminder for us that naturally follows. As we linger in the presence of the good shepherd, we are called to listen to his voice. We're called to listen to the voice of the good shepherd. One of the biggest questions I often get in ministry, as I'm sure many do, is how do I know and discern God's voice? I find over the years the best way that I can answer that question is by posing a question to the one who asks it in return. How often do you linger in God's presence? How often are you in God's word, in worship, in prayer, 
and praise. If we're not often tarrying in the midst of the Good Shepherd, it's often hard for us to discern his voice among the own uh, thoughts in our own minds or, or the voices in the culture around us. And so we're called to linger in the midst of the presence of the Good Shepherd because it's only as we build that relationship through times with him that we can truly discern and hear that still small voice in our own lives. Just as those closest to us, we know their voice, even from across the room, among the various moms that get yelled out in church on a Sunday or in a building, we know that one voice is our kiddo's voice, or that one scream is not my kiddo's scream. Um, we, we know each other because of time spent in each other's presence. And so rightly, we have to ask ourselves, do we linger enough in the, bit, in the midst of the Good Shepherd so that we may hear his voice? But also we're called not only just to uh, lift up the things that are on our hearts to the Good Shepherd, which are important, but also to tarry and open our hearts and ask him to speak to us. Uh, we hear him in the pages of Scripture. As we still and quiet our hearts in prayer, he may call things forth. And then certainly in the household of faith, we have the body of believers um, to check in and to bounce those things off of as God may call us to certain things in our lives. But listening to the Good Shepherd also requires that we don't just listen to him when we want to, in times of comfort, as these passages are before us on this Sunday, but also listening to him in times of correction and in times of challenge. We're called to listen to them all, not just to the moments we desire to listen to most. And we have this record of what he has done, his faithfulness to his people, his faithfulness of promises to come to those already fulfilled. And perhaps if you've never held a little journal of things that God has done in your life, seemingly small, they serve as a track record in your own life that indeed he is good and trustworthy and reliable. And that he and he alone has your best interest at heart, even when his interests depart from your own interest for your life. And so we're called to listen to his voice. Finally, as we linger and as we listen, we're called to action. We're called to do something as a result. We're called to respond. And so um, verse 4, kind of as we end up in the last portion of this parable, we discover that. Notice that um, as the sheep linger with the shepherd and as they hear his voice, he does what? He leads them out and they follow him because they know his voice. What an image if we think about that for just a moment. The shepherd doesn't prod them out of the pen every morning. He doesn't have to push them through the gate. He doesn't have to yank them by the neck to follow the long. I'm sure he has to correct them at times and adjust their course. But ultimately, the shepherd is out in front of his sheep. He leads them, and they follow him. He sees what they cannot see. He sees what dangers are on the horizon. He sees where the pastures of supple grass are for them to graze. And so time and time again, as they have seen him faithfully lead them, faithfully take care of them, the sheep follow. I think they're in a, a very practical last point for us, but one that is very difficult for us to employ in our own lives. Namely, that we allow the Good Shepherd to lead us. That we allow the Good Shepherd to lead us. 
We often do a great job of it in times like these, in times of uncertainty, whereby uh, we need guidance, we need direction, and so we seek him out, and we listen to his leading and his promptings and uncertain times and days. But usually, when we feel as though things get back to normal, say in the next month or so, it's much easier to run out ahead of the Good Shepherd and think, okay, thank you, I've got it now. I'll check back in when I need help. But it's even in times when things are going well, perhaps even more so, that we need his help because often we're not ever prepared for times like these when they arise again, and they will arise again, Lord willing, not in this form, but there's always something that catches us off guard. So a good discernment tool for us uh, as we think about who it is that we follow is this. If you have anxiety um, or there's a bit of that rising pit in your stomach and stress, usually that means that you're probably not following the good shepherd. You might be following the wisdom of the world, the wisdom of your own understanding. But when we learn to listen and to follow the voice of the Good Shepherd, it's there that we find peace, and we find order, and we find direction. So let him lead you. Certainly let him lead you in these days as it pertains to your job and your finances, but also let him lead you beyond these days as those voices, as this culture opens up, will vie for our attention once more um, and kind of hit us time and time again saying, go this way and that. You need this for your happiness, or you need this for your fulfillment, or you need this to make life easier. And as we run all over the place trying to do those things, we often find indeed that it's there that we wish we could hear the Good Shepherd's voice. The good news is we always can. If we'll draw our hearts back to linger in his midst and to listen to his voice once more. Because while none of us truly enjoys this season, and just as those sheep uh, in that image uh, remind us of, we're ready to go shooting out of these days, back out into the world as we once knew it. We're called to allow our lives not to be marked at the end of our days to say, yeah, when it all was said and done, I guess we could say that he or she said the Lord was his shepherd. But perhaps people who look at our lives might say, there's a difference about you. And we can say, indeed, there is, because the Lord is my shepherd this day and every day. And it comes when we linger in his midst, when we listen to his voice, and when we are led by Jesus. Allow this season to be one whereby you draw nearer to him. And as you do so, to discover purpose and peace in the life that he's intended for you. So take steps this day maybe by taking inventory this day, and then steps in your schedule this week to grow to discover the Good Shepherd as the faithful one who will lead you during this season, so that on the other side of it, we may continue to linger, to listen, and to be led by him each and every day. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to the St. Barnabas Anglican Church podcast. May the Lord bless you and keep you this week, and we'll see you next time. This episode of the St. Barnabas Anglican Church podcast is copyright 2020 
St. Barnabas Anglican Church in Fort Worth, Texas, all rights reserved. <laughs>